a little bit. Because there may be something that we need to understand a little differently about the Lord. So are you up for that? Okay. And we do have this team of wonderful, powerful, godly women that have come with me. Um, And they're going to do a couple things. They're going to get words and they'll release some things from the front. But they also are very willing to pray and for you and bless you individually after the service. So don't leave without prayer and blessing. Does that sound good? All right. So I'm going to put on my lenses and let's take a look at some things in the Word. So my name is Christy, as Mike said, and I am married to Gary Greener for 38 years. Isn't that unreal? How does that happen so fast? How many years have you guys been married? 49. 48. Oh, so 10 more than us. That happens so fast, doesn't it? But the Lord fills it with blessings, with challenges. And I tell you, there are times when the Lord was changing how I saw him and saw myself when I was so excited. It was just fun and I was having a blast. There are times when it was painful. And I would sit and cry and, and weep over, I didn't know this all my life. I knew the word, but I never saw that in the word. I was taught that wasn't truth. Has anybody ever had that experience? So I want us to look at a, at a verse that's going to cause us to like, wait a minute, am I seeing Jesus through the goodness of God's love and what he says, or am I seeing Jesus through the paradigm of religion, of my pain, of my brokenness, of what I've been taught? So we're going to ask the Lord to clear off our lenses a little bit today. But we've been through a very tough time as a race of people, haven't we? This last two years has been really hard. I have people I love very much who won't even talk to me because of things that happened in society in this last two years. Anybody else have that? I mean, that's not the Lord, and I don't want that to be what happens, but we have that painful stuff. And people are prophesying. Prophets that are walking with the Lord and have a legitimate gift are prophesying that people are getting harmed because they've been sinning and you know, it's like what in the world are they doing you know you kind of go has has the body of Christ forgot who Jesus is so I want us to look at this verse and it is a little bit I, I want you to be patient with me because it's a little bit like oh you know what you have Bible verses that you just would prefer not to read <laughs> do you have any of those this is one of them I, I but I, I the Lord told me no this is what you're going to talk about so he's going to and it's not bad it just Depending on what lenses you have on, it will be tough or it will be a good thing. So we're going to look at Luke 13. And Jesus is just with a bunch of people, and he just got word that some Galileans, Christians, had been murdered. Some people, followers of Christ, Jews actually, but they were followers of him, had been murdered by Pilate. And so he's finding this out. We know how what a horrible man Pilate was, right? It's who Jesus is going to go before, just before, before he's crucified. Um, but Pilate, not only did he kill them, but he mixed their blood with the animal blood that was in the sacrifice. Well, that's pretty awful, isn't it? But people started to say, what did they do wrong to deserve that? What did they do wrong to make that happen? And so now there were some present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. And Jesus answered, Do you think these Galileans 
were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? It's kind of like, hey guys, you got the wrong lenses on. Do you think that when bad things happen, that means that people are being punished? Jesus came to bring the kingdom in a different way. Now, I understand there are consequences when people behave badly and we invite things into our life. That's what our ministry, the Sozo ministry, is all about. It's, hey, Lord, what lie am I believing? What did I do to open the door to allow this stuff in? So I know that that does happen. But here Jesus is saying, do you think they did anything wrong? That was not their fault. And um, he says, I tell you no, but unless you repent... You too will all perish. Wow, if you are looking through the lens of Jesus being an angry God and a judgmental God and a God who's just waiting to punish, you'll think, oh my gosh, you'll, you'll see the cartoon of the guy standing on the street corner like, repent, get on your knees and scream out and repent because you're a horrible person. And what Jesus is actually saying, he's saying metanao, it's a Greek word that says, change your mind about this. So he's not telling you that you are a dirty, rotten sinner. He's telling you, you are thinking incorrectly about this. I need you to change your mind about this. Metanao also means change your mind for the better, heartily, to amend with the past. So it's like, just change the way you see this. And then he goes on to say, how about those 18 people who died when the Salome, Tower of Salome fell on them? So there, there's some kind of a tower in Jerusalem that fell, and 18 people were killed. And he said, I tell you, you see, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? Were they worse than anybody else? Because they were killed in this. And he said, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. What does that mean? He said, unless you start thinking about this differently, you are going to invite all kinds of fear, all kinds of uh, lies into your life. So Jesus says, I need you to understand that God is for you, not against you. That things will happen in this world, and most of the bad things that happen are not God's will. His will is for us to be healed and saved and delivered and to prosper. That word is sozo, S-O-Z-O. And that's the ministry we do, is the sozo ministry. But in the Bible where, where you use the word sozo, it means the whole package of this. Like the woman with the issue of blood, he says, woman, your faith has healed you. You are sozoed. He didn't just tell her she's physically healed. He said, you are saved your, your salvation is here. You are healed. You are delivered. And you're going to prosper in life because you came to me. So that's what Jesus wants us to be thinking. But then he tells this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but didn't find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this tree, and I haven't found any. So just cut it down, the guy who's in charge of the vineyard. Why should I use up the soil? Why should I waste the soil? That's the way people think about other people sometimes. Why should we waste oxygen on these people who are awful? Why should we waste money on trying to, to make things be better for them? We can tend to think like that, and we believe that our God thinks the same way about them. 
People have been horrible in this last season, haven't they? But I don't believe God wants anyone. We know that God told us, I don't want anyone to perish. I created every single one of these people. There's no one that is on this earth that is a human being that is not created in the image of God, and there's no one on this earth that Jesus didn't sacrifice his life for. In our ministry, we love to go to places where people don't expect to find nice Christians. Anybody ever, ever been to like a New Age festival or anything like that? We go there, and we minister there, and we sort of hide who we are at first, but we use words for Jesus. You know that the Antichrist spirit hates the name of Jesus? Have you noticed that? You notice that there's some places you go, and if you say the name of Jesus, you are like, you are like rejected. That's the Antichrist spirit. And so what we want to do is have a conversation with these people, but what does Jesus call himself? I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? I, and I am the light of the world. So we use terms like that to talk about Jesus. And we invite them. We have some of our team members here who did that, and they would say, um, you know, we can pray for you that the spirit of light and truth comes in you, but it's a lot more powerful for your life if you invite the spirit of truth and light into you. And then they go ahead and pray for that. That's what Jesus' heart is. So what do we do with things that happen that are bad in life, and what do we do with the opinion in the body of Christ that people deserve to be harmed. Well, we do it like this this person who is advocating for the tree. Now, I want you to think about yourself as this tree. If you have, you're created in God's image and you were created for a purpose, God put he tells us I put specific things in your life. You're destined to do good works. You should be doing these things and it shouldn't be hard, right? But what if we're not doing it? What if we're like that tree and we're not bearing any fruit? And do you think God gets tired and says, yeah, I wish they would just bear fruit. But what I believe the Spirit of God does is, wait a minute, let's not kill this person. Let's not reject this person. Let's dig a pit around this tree. He said, for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this tree and I haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, cut it down. Who are the people in your life that you know, man, they've got such potential on their life, but they are just messing up? Jesus asks us to take this opportunity to dig a pit around them, like dig a trench around them, not a pit, but like a trench and fertilize their life. How do we do that? By telling them about the Lord. By telling them how, how wonderful they are. By telling them what the plan and the purpose is on their life. By releasing blessings, you fertilize a person so they can begin to see themselves the way God sees them. I'm going to cough. Can you... A little bit of garbage. Sorry about that. Um, so metanahu, let's change the way we think about these things. So really what I, I tell people is, 
you know, the name of our ministry now, I, when I left that Lutheran church, and my husband and I started a ministry called Dare to Believe, and that's what these guys are part of, is the Dare to Believe Ministry School. Um, and they are, they did, we, I didn't plan to bring them with, but they're like, can we just can we make this a mission trip? We'll go with you to Wisconsin. And, and, and God is rearranging everything. We didn't plan to come here. We were going to be with a home church in, in uh, Madison th- today, but that didn't work out. And Ruth had called me and said, can, or emailed, can, can you come down and do a SOZO training here? Well, don't have time to do that. But when the, that fell through, I said, can we come down and speak to your church on Sunday? And she said, oh, that would be wonderful. And then it's like, well, why don't you come up and have lunch, Just, you know, spend some time with the team and have lunch. And Carol gets healed. The Lord rearranges things. What are we doing when we invest in people in the kingdom? It's all about relationship. You dig a trench around their life. If you look at someone who is struggling, who is uh, depressed, who does not see themselves the way God sees them, Jesus wants to help you dig a trench around their life. Remind them who they are. Remind them how much they're loved. Remind them that they have a purpose. And then tell them, I dare you to be challenged by the goodness of God. I dare you. And dare to believe that God is good, that he is for you, that bad things that happened in your life, God doesn't want that for you. Let's, let's pray for you. I love that you, you, you got a benign diagnosis. That's wonderful. And I'm not sure what happened in your life, but I think it was you, right? Your sister. But good news things. So we're digging a trench around people who are getting a bad diagnosis and saying, God is for you. He's not giving you this. This isn't his plan for you. There's a young woman I'm ministering to right now, and I'm trying, I'm digging a trench around her life right now. She's 34 years old. She has stage 4 colon cancer. She has been married for three years. She was diagnosed six months into her marriage, and her husband left her had an affair and, and left her, and it keeps recurring. And so as we're ministering, she says, well, God tells me that this is the best thing for me and for people around me. So I'm like, you're telling me that God's telling you that stage 4 colon cancer in a 34-year-old woman is the best thing for you and for people around you? And she's like, well, maybe he's not telling me that. So we're working on what, do you, what does God really say to you? I'm digging a trench around her. I'm investing in her and trying to help her see how much God loves her because she does not know. And she's been raised in the church. She's been a Christian all her life. But she thinks God is doing this to her on purpose. And this is what Jesus is talking about in this. When these bad things happen, they haven't done anything wrong. This happens to people. We live in a broken world. Dare to believe that God is good. And dare to believe that you and I are valuable. We have something we bring to this world that no one else brings. It's hard to believe that because the world works really hard on knocking us down. But you have something to bring to relationships, to bring to your job, to bring to your neighborhood that no one else can bring there. The light of the Lord shines through your life. You don't even have to light up. You just have him in you. And that light is shining. And then you can 
You can dig trenches around those people who are struggling around you and water them and care for them. And then you'll start to see them bear fruit that they were intended all along to bear. Another verse that talks about some of this type of thinking is in Romans 31 to 37. What then shall we say in response to these things, all these things that are happening? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God wants me to be who I was created to be, there's nothing anything can, anybody or anything can do about that. But if I've got the wrong set of glasses on, if I'm looking at this from the wrong perspective, I'll say, oh, the enemy is so big. I might have a call on my life, but look what's coming against me. It's hopeless. I can't be what I was created to be. And we start to see ourselves as hopeless. And let me tell you, it is never hopeless. It is never hopeless. Carol, who just got her knee healed, who's a member of our team, she couldn't even drive here because she couldn't put her, her it's her left knee, she couldn't put it on a gas, uh, no, she doesn't have a gas pedal, I don't know, she couldn't, she couldn't sit like that for, we're from Twin Cities, she couldn't sit like that for that long. And she was so frustrated. At first she, she was signed up to have the surgery in May, and then um, she was going to come on the trip with us, and then she got a call from the doctor, and they said, well, we have an opening in March. And so she went, she's all excited, so she said, I'm not coming with you up to, to Madison, and I'm going to have surgery. Well, then her, her um, hemoglobin was 11.9. In the past, she had two hips replaced and a knee, because Carol used to be a runner, so she kind of abused her joints. <laughs> and... Uh, and she said, my hemoglobin was like 11.2. That's kind of normal for me, but this doctor would not, <coughs> excuse me, would not do the surgery. And she was really struggling with this. She's in a lot of pain. She had scheduled it a year ago, but she's, this has been coming for a long time. And, and she said, you know, I, I don't need to sit at home. Her husband, what a sweet husband, loaded her and the dog in the back seat so she could have her legs out. And... Uh, drove her to Madison, and she ministered with us. She did nine sozos. No, six. Six sozos. And she was able to minister. But I tell you what, when that prayer time was going on, she'd been prayed over. I mean, we prayed over her a lot. And she'd been prayed over, but there was something different that was going on. And everybody, it's like we have dug a trench around Carol, and we believe that she could be healed. We've been fertilizing it and watering her, and things have been happening, but the Lord wanted her here at this time, in this place, with these people here. Katie's son, she used that testimony, and that really broke things through. But as we are praying and singing, and this team is lifting their hands up in the air and feeling like something in going on up here, everybody's tingly. Well, and then Carol starts hooting and hollering, and I don't know what I was going, but later she's saying, it's changing. She said, her one knee was like the, the smooth ski hill, and her one that needed surgery is the mogul hill with all the bumps in it, but the moguls mostly went away. You, that just doesn't happen. And then she got up, and she walked without limping. Carol has not walked without limping for a long time. And then she started to kind of dance around. <laughs> She hasn't done that for a long time. And so, you know, you want to you, you just continue to water and feed and love and wait for God to break through. 
for them to bear the fruit that he wants to bear in their life. And, and we need to do that for each other. To, to water each other and to remind each other who we are and fertilize each other with the truth and encourage each other when we see ourselves forgetting who we are. But dare to believe that God is good. So what then can we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? I'm not going to read the rest of that verse, but he is our Lord, and he loves us. Jesus paid us a tremendous price to be everything we're created to be. He paid for that. The enemy tells us you weren't paid for, you aren't loved. You can't bear fruit. There's too much damage in your life. I can tell you from experience as being a pastor for like 30 years, there is never too much damage in your life. I can't tell you some of the amazing things that if we have people in our lives who will dig a trench around us, we will bear the fruit we were created to bear. You are loved, you are seen, and you are important. And you can release that to everybody you encounter in life. Some will receive it more than others, but you can tell them how valuable they are. And then we learn, instead of living like a victim and seeing through the glasses, through the lenses, that I'm a victim, you can put on different lenses like, God is so good, he loves everybody else so well, that you can victimize people with the love of God. You can pour out so much love of God on them that they're like, what in the world is all this? Because people aren't expecting that this day and age. They're expecting to be criticized. They're expecting to be rejected. They're expecting to be forgotten. So I believe with the body of Christ, it's time for us to get back on track being who we are supposed to be in this world. The light that shines the brightest the people that love each other the best, and the people that love the world the best, even when they don't deserve it. So God says, repent. But he says, repent and start partnering with me. Start seeing this the way. Remember that I'm so good. I have done this for you, and I want your life to bear amazing fruit. I want you to think about things that way. Change the way you think if you're not thinking that way. There's a couple named Mike and Judy who are, are not right now real involved in our ministry, but they were for many years. Um, they're, Mike's getting really old, and he's having some, some troubles, so they aren't able to come and go to the ministry as much. But they have seven children. Um, and they, they were part of Dare to Believe for about, I don't know, you know, ten years. Well, I knew them when I was in the Lutheran Church. And they have seven children. But Mike and Judy were first-generation Christians. His, he was raised in witchcraft, and she was raised in an abusive Catholic home. Um, Mike was, uh, he was a boxer in the military. He was a professional boxer. He's not a very tall man, but he's a big, strong man. And he wasn't very healthy, and neither was Judy. And so they, get, they find each other, they get married, and Judy is, finds herself an abused wife. But Judy's now in her mid-70s, and so that was quite a while ago. You guys have met her, I think. Mike and Judy, I think she was here with me once. 
um, and she went to her mother and she said, you know, she's pregnant. I think she had a couple kids by that point. And she said, you married him. You're stuck with him. You know, just go. Just go back and be with him. So she felt she was stuck. She was angry. It was unhealthy. They ended up having seven children. They, um, they received the Lord. They, got, they, they had an amazing transformation, but they still weren't very healthy. So she came to me one day and said, I, I, uh, I want to know if you can fix my daughter. I'm like, well, I don't know if I can fix your daughter, but you're here in my office. How about if we see what you need, you know? And, and so we proceeded to dig a trench around Judy. And what, who are you, Judy? And what do you need? And, and what can I invest in you that will help you see yourself the way God sees you? So we did some work for a while. And then she brought her husband in. And then we dug a trench around Mike. And then we dug a trench around Mike and Judy. And they're talking about all the generational curses that are operating in their life because of the witchcraft, because of the different things. It's like, hold on a second. You're looking at this wrong. The enemy only counterfeits the truth of what God does. So God releases generational blessings. Don't, don't be focusing on what the enemy's doing because what you focus on, you empower. What you focus on, you make room for. So we're focusing on what the enemy does. We're making lots of room for what the enemy does. Let's focus on what God's doing. So all of their children were estranged. They were married, and um, they began to... We taught them how to release blessings. I'm going to cough again. We taught them how to release blessings. So Mike and Judy dug a trench around every one of their children and their families. They began to pour life into them. They began to speak blessings. Every morning they got up and they agreed with God about who their family was and what their family was all about, what every child was called to do, because you know that about your kids. And within a very short time, it couldn't have been more than a year, year and a half, they were all gathered together and they had, to, they had to do it in their daughter's barn because there wasn't enough room for everybody in their house. They gathered for all the holidays. The family's now restored because they took the time to dig a trench around each other and to water and remind each other who, who God says they are. So I want you to go home today with revelation that you will know and see the circumstances in your life and the circumstances around you through the filter that God is for you. He is good. He created you for a purpose, but he also created those people who are so irritating with a plan and a purpose. And I admit, there are people that I love very much that I am choosing in this season to love them from a distance. I'm, but I'm praying for them every day. We're taking communion, my husband and I, and we pray for these people who are kind of toxic in our life, but we're still praying for them. So don't ever underestimate what God can do through you if you choose to see yourself and others through the goodness. And if there is anything that doesn't line up with God's goodness in, in your life or in someone else's life, ask God, this doesn't look like you. What do you want to do here? What do you want to do instead? Like with Mike and Judy. Having a family that doesn't ever spend time together, doesn't even speak to each other, that doesn't look like you, Lord. So what do you say about this family? How do we agree with you? 
And when we work that way, no one is safe from a blessing. No one is safe from a blessing. You have a secure place in heaven. You have the ability to hear from the Lord what you are, are created to do and be and what others around you are created to do and be. So I want to encourage you today to rediscover anything that is out of alignment there for you. The favor of God belongs to you. There's, if God is for you, there's nothing anybody can do about that. The favor of God is on your life. Receive your inheritance from him. If you don't quite trust him to take good care of you, come up and get prayer to reactivate your trust. If you have people you don't know what to do with, come up and get prayer and ask the team to help you know how to love these people who aren't very lovable. Because this might look like a small group of people, but a group of people this size can change the world when they know how powerful their God is and how much he loves you and loves those around you. So would you, um, I'm going to ask the team, I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to ask the team to come up. They've, got, they've been praying for you guys, and they want to release a few things. So can you put your hand on your heart? Lord, I thank you so much for this church, for these people. I thank you, Lord, for what you have invested here over decades, that this is a holy place. And I thank you, Lord, that these are the people you are calling to change the world for your kingdom and for your glory. So Lord, would you give them a picture of what that looks like? And I declare no confusion, no retaliation. We call in the clarity of heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. So team, why don't you come up? I'm just going to have you line up here and get a microphone and then just share what you're getting and if it, it pray for people as you feel led. And then after they're done releasing what they've got, when the service is over, they'll pray over people. Is that okay? What have you got, guys? Introduce yourself and then tell them what you've got. You start. You got all Hold on. Oh, of course. I'm Jenny. Nice to meet you. Uh. Yay. Okay. So, uh, the young man in the red. Um, can you stand up, please? Um, so I was praying, and what I heard was that you're a David. That um, God is bringing you up to be a mighty warrior. And it's, it's cool because when David found out that he was going to be king, he was young. You know? So God is going to work through your life as you grow up and just... Um, I'm excited to hear about what happens. So I'm going to bless you with that. Uh, Father, we thank you. What is your name? Okay, we thank you for Cadence, and we thank you for um, bringing him uh, and gifting him with the blessings that you are going to show him as he grows up. Uh, we thank you for um, his gentleness, and we thank you for how you are going to work in his life. And then, um, in the pink sweater, with the glasses, yep. 
Can you stand? You don't have to. If you, are you comfortable standing up? Okay. So um, I saw that he was going to give you new eyes to see. Um, he is bringing you into a new season um, of authority in the spirit. And he is going to restore what has been stolen from you. Um, and he's going to give it back twofold. Um, he says, wait with expectation. So thank you, God, that you are a restorer and that, of things that have been stolen. We thank you for giving her new eyes to see and that you are now giving her the authority of the spirit, in the spirit. And then, uh, does somebody having um, balance, balance issues, things with balance? Okay. <laughs> um, so, he wants to study um, you not only physically, but also in the spirit. That he is going to um, set you straight, set your path clear. So, yes, yes, study, study your path, yep. All right, I just pray that over you. What is your name? John, okay. I thank you so much, Lord, that you are not only a physical healer, but you are also a spiritual healer, and that you can use your healing in so many ways. And we thank you so much for the benign um, diagnosis, and that you would also um, bless him. We just pray complete and total healing in Jesus' name. So during worship, the Lord just kept showing me more and more about the church, and so I just want to release this over your whole congregation, because first I saw the holy fire just surrounding the whole church, and it was it was just beautiful, and anything that's trying to get in, yeah, come on up. Anything that's trying to get in, this holy fire was just keeping it out. Come on up. And then I saw angels uh, just descending over this whole circle. Um, and just surrounding it in prayer. Hold on, I get the, get the rest of my notes. <clears throat> and then I saw just an entrance, and the holy fire was was leading people into the entrance, and the angels were just descending over top of it and just bringing people in. And I saw this whole congregation filled with people kneeling at the altar, new Christians walking in the door because they felt so loved and present, and people that had been hurt by religion coming in and just breaking all of that off and then I saw your whole congregation washing their feet with a perfume in the oil of heaven and just welcoming them welcoming them in in a whole new way that they had never been accepted and loved before um, and then I heard small but mighty like you're a small church but you are so mighty in the kingdom of God so I just release that not only over Mike and Ruth right now but just every single person in this congregation know that you have the authority to lead people to Christ and you have the authority to love them like Jesus Whew. oh gosh oh my goodness oh good job Lord Whew. <laughs> oh you got more for that well what I saw fits just perfectly into that I saw the Holy Spirit turn into a huge magnet. So I think everyone should stand here today. And it was just turning. And this it's just this magnetic pull 
into this church and into this um, atmosphere of just God's miracles being done. And they are such a hurting world that needs to hear the message. So we just pray that that magnetic pull will bring many, many, many to this church. So good. I've got just a couple that are kind of over the whole church as well. When we first sat down um, and we were just about to start worshiping, I looked at the, the, the front here, and you were up there by yourself. And I'm like, Lord, it just looks a little empty up there. And he said, look again. And I'm like, okay. And so I looked, and there was an, you may have thought you were up there alone. I saw an entire angel band completely rocking out. I saw electric guitars. I saw drummers. I saw ones doing the cymbals. Like, all of this music was coming out. Like, it's coming out of your mouth. But literally, they were, like, I've never seen angels like that before. So that was, that was really, really cool. Um, they were just so around you. Um, and that's just part of the whole church too, right? And how you guys worship and how you usher in the spirit and what you're doing. Um, I also just couldn't stop seeing all the light that's like coming through the windows. And it just seemed to penetrate so much deeper than just the sunlight coming through the windows. And the Lord says, yes, I am penetrating this church. And the more that they do what they're doing, the more they open themselves up to the more of me, there's going to be so many more windows in this church that you're going to end up being in like a greenhouse. It's just going to be like his light just wants to flood in on all of you. So I just release that over all of you in this church in Jesus' name. And I've got a couple of corporate words as well. <laughs> um, so I saw, a sta- I saw a staple of truth, that this church is a staple of truth, and it is a steeple of truth. So it's seen high above it all. It's a beacon of hope and a lighthouse in the storm. And then I got a, a vision of um, just God has this whole community just wrapped in his arms. And he said, those of you that are here, it's no mistake. He's intentionally gathered you here. You are his chosen ones, his chosen people for a time such as this. So it's by no mistake that you're here and you're a part of this community to build this community up and to be the beacons of light that he's set forth for this area and this time. I have um, something also. God, on the way here, God was just re- helping me to recall something that happened to me, and I believe that this is some people here. And I, I was sitting in church one day, and I was just uh, feeling a little frustrated. And um, I was just sitting there. I said to God, God, what am I doing here? And almost immediately, he said to me, no, it is what I'm doing here. And so... I just feel that maybe there's some people here that are sensing that not just not sure of what they are doing here, but it's what God is doing here, and He has so so much more for each and every one of you. He wants to pour out His gifts, His talents, His everything to you. He wants you to just hunger and search for more of Him, and so we just ask, Lord, would you please just rain down more of you? And that that all of these people here would just receive that so they can be a light to other people, to their families, to their community. Lord, we just thank you for that. So it was funny. Two seconds ago I said, oh, I don't have a corporate one. I passed it off. And then all of a sudden, woohoo! No. Um, we, As we were driving here, I actually grew up in Chicago, and so I know where we are. We're right by Lake Geneva. And what the Lord has shown me is that when... when um, 
think it was when she said little but mighty this is a little and mighty church but you guys have a branch that is near you you're you're reaching out to all those people who are coming up from the city and who are here all the time and your little seed is going to bloom that mustard seed and it is going to be like the start of when Mrs. O'Leary's bucket kicked over the fire in Chicago and it is going to put a holy fire through Chicago and it's starting here so woohoo that's just like so we're just going to bless that and I'm just going to call that out Lord that your fire is greater than anything that can be done and we are going to just take that and all of those people who come up here in the summer are going to be so affected they're not even going to know what hit them and they're going to take that home and it is just going to spread so we just bless that and declare that over you I have some individual ones now that I'll um, release. That was awesome. Oh, God. Um, Okay, so uh, this one I feel like I need to do privately. So if if somebody is experiencing grief right now, I would like to pray with you after the service. Um, So just please come find me. I'd love to pray over you. Um, What is your name? Rebecca, can you stand up? Uh, Rebecca, you are just on fire for the kingdom, and you are an atmosphere shifter, and the Lord wants to increase that in you, and that you carry a a banner of victory and peace for people. So every room that you walk into, you are teaching people how to walk in victory without even knowing, but he wants to increase that in you, and you just carry that banner of peace over people. So just continue to ask him about that, okay? But I'm just going to release that over you, that you're going to continue to walk in more victory and peace, and just teach others how to do it just in the same way. Amen. You're welcome. Um, let's see. Um, what was your name? Brooke, can you stand for me? Uh, I saw you um, with with a, a wedding gown on, and not in the way that you think, but just in a wedding gown for Christ. And it was covered with beautiful purple flowers. And then he showed me Um, you riding on a horse and just riding off into the sunset with him and so he didn't give me any more than that so just if that means something to you either sit with him on it or ask him more about that but he showed me a really beautiful picture so you're welcome Um, and then the gentleman in the green sweater with the glasses right here if you could stand what's your name Jim and then this is kind of a dual one and then there's a gentleman in the glasses on the end right there in the gray what's your name Kyle, could you stand? And then my dear friend Jason, could you stand? The the three of you um, are going to start something new in this church, and I don't know exactly what that looks like, but it's going to be something with youth, and the Lord just wants me to release just a training up of David's mighty men in this season, like he's training you in something new, and you're going to walk in that and release that over the youth in this church. So I just hand it over to you and just ask him more about that because he didn't give me much more than that. But it's going to be pretty neat. Um, I feel like I had one more. Nope, that's it. I'm done for now. I'll probably get more. Who else has Um, Is anyone here named Marilyn? Is there anyone here? Mary or Lynn or Marianne? No. Okay. Well, there we go. Anybody else? I have one. Okay. Um, the woman, the 
the short hair and the glasses, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. What's your name? Hi, Vicki. I'm Ingrid. Nice to meet you. The Lord just kept showing me as we were worshiping lilacs around you, and he wanted me to tell you that that, that fragrance of lilacs is what he feels from you when you are worshiping him. And he is, he is just imparting that onto you. And as I was asking more about that, he is bringing your faith into a new chapter. So you're going to be starting something new. And what he showed me was the purple lilacs turning into pink and turning into white. Do you know how there's the different colors? And that, you're, that he's going to be purifying your faith in this coming season things might change things are going to things are different he's going to take you in a different direction but you're not supposed to be afraid just to step forward he will be providing some mentors for you in some new things i don't know if it's in the prophetic or something that you're not used to it might feel a little shaky but he is involved with all of it and he just wants to know how much he loves you um you and the, the dark glasses have, yep. What's your name? Tyler. The Lord was just, he was using your glasses to tell me something, but he said that um, he, he's created you with an ability that if darkness comes at you, you can reflect it right back to the foot of the cross, and you are somebody that he is going to use to teach other people about spiritual warfare so they know how to recognize things that are of the enemy and how to send them to the foot of the cross so they're no longer allowed to affect their lives. So I just feel like he's got a strong calling on your life for spiritual warfare and helping others with that same thing. You're welcome. And as you stood up, I saw the Lord place a crown upon your head. And if you're feeling like you're not anointed for this, he absolutely is anointed, anointing you for it. So I release that over you. And that's only interesting because Jen and I have had a calling on our life combined for a lot of spiritual warfare stuff. So we just bless you with that and everything he's anointed you to be. We bless you with that in Jesus' name. Um, and I didn't grab the microphone from her when she had you stand up. But um, I had just you, you standing up in front. Tell me your name again. Rebecca. Um, the Lord was just showing me that... Um, that he's got a lot for you to see in the spirit and if you work with him on that he's going to continue to give you a wider vision in the spirit and so he just wants you to know that he wants you to hear his voice um, in a very very tangible way so I just bless you with that um, and then um, the the little blonde flag man is he yours oh my okay well, we're going to talk to him after the service because um, the Lord's got Daniel written all over him and just some boldness and faith and just so we're gonna talk to him when when this is done um, and then I've got another one and I don't know who it's for um, so anybody in here and I won't make you stand up but anybody in here who feels like you don't have a solid center of the Lord like the Holy Spirit's in us right we're saved the Holy Spirit lives in us but any of you that don't feel like you have that absolute solid peace in you or that you question it or you just think that you know, I don't hear him. Where is he? The Lord showed me a picture of an avocado. So I don't know who in here needs to know that they're an avocado. Um, but but just this is for anybody that you just don't you just don't feel like you know, or the enemy comes after you and, and attacks that in you that you don't think that there's something solid in you. 
the Lord showed me that the avocado is built with this hard pit center that is so strong. And it really is what the avocado is. Um, how do I say that? It's like it's like the strengthening part that keeps the avocado together. The avocado kind of grows around it, and that's just the the like like your core. Um, and so that is so strong in you, and it, it's the outside of you, um, or the the fleshy part of the avocado that could have a tendency to get get bruised a little bit but that's also why you have that skin on the outside and he's just saying I am solid inside of you you are good fruit and even when you are pressed and the enemy tries to press you you release a healthy oil that just feeds other people around you and so don't question what the strength is inside of you because he said you know you might think you feel a pit like an empty pit inside of you but the truth is I am the solid pit that keeps you strengthened and then I had a word for the gal in the blue. Yeah, yeah. You, are you able to stand up if you want to? <laughs> and what is your name? Elizabeth, I just felt the Lord highlight you out and just say, she is my gem. She's my precious gem. And that you are worthy and that you are actually more valuable than a gem. He sees you. He sees where you're at. And he loves you. And he just wants you to know that he's there with you. You can remain standing. <laughs> the Lord wants you to know that you are not alone. That he not only likes you, he loves you, and he delights in you. And he wants you to draw closer to him because he loves you so, so very much. just feel like the Lord dropped in my heart too. If you're hearing any of these words for anyone else and you're like, I want that, it's okay to just grab onto that and say, Lord, I want that too. And I just really felt like I was supposed to share that right now. Um, and then we'll be praying for people at the ends. And so if you didn't get a word and you want one, come up to any one of us and we'll ask the Lord and get one for you. So That's funny because I was actually going to say the same thing because I'm always one in the crowd going, Lord, pick me, pick me, pick me. I just want to hear. So I was going to just say the exact same thing. Come and get one of us. But um, I feel like the Lord, when you said it, you were talking about a pastor, Chris. It, I, I don't know the whole story, but he said it to me then. Um, before I even started chemo last year, the Lord had me stand up in the middle of a doctor's office. So good, but he's so good, so it makes me cry every time. Before I even started, before I even got the diagnosis, he told me to stand in the middle of the doctor's office when nobody else was in there. And I'm like, God, somebody could come in the door. I look really stupid. And he goes, nope, you stand up there. And actually, long story short, the doctor forgot I was in the room. So I was in there for a half hour. And I'm like, Lord, what am I doing? Why am I sitting in this room? Did they forget about me? And he's like, stand up. And that's when I'm like, this is weird. Um, but he's told me to stand up and he told me to raise my arm in the air and say, declare that it is finished before it's even started. So I just declare that over Chris in the name of Jesus. This is over. And I declare complete total healing over cancer in the name of Jesus. And she's cancer free. <laughs> and can cry about every bit of it. So these guys are going to be here and they'd love to minister to you. Can you put your hand on your heart? I thank you, Lord, for these beautiful people. We seal in their hearts everything that you are releasing here today. And we say thank you, Lord, that they are good, good soil. 
that these things are going to take root and grow deep and bear amazing fruit. So bless them, protect them, and bring them a lot of joy, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So these guys will be here. Come on up and get prayer from them.